0: Welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me, as always, is. His shield brother, Axel Wright. How are you doing today, Axel? Uh, (coughs) I'm dying of the plague. Yeah, that's what happens when you play with Nurgle. Alright, on today's episode, we will be talking about some of our favorite cartoons, new and old. As always, we will give you our suggestions of the week. Uh, this week we have a very special guest, Unvog, with us to talk about some of his favorite cartoons. Unvog, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, all things considered. I think I gave uh, Axel here the plague.
0: Well, I, <laughs> I keep will telling people, Nurgle is not worth it. There are much better chaos gods. Mm, obviously the war one. We'll get to him later. Korn, <laughs> yes. All right. Um, we're going to talk about cartoons, new and old. Well, particularly, um, we're going to talk about Cartoon Network cartoons because yes. there's entire
2: episodes dedicated to other channels.
0: This will be a reoccurring segment. We figured we would start with Cartoon Network, um, namely because I think it had the biggest influence on us. Uh, that's, like, arguable, I watched but... the most cartoons on
2: Cartoon Network. I think I, I actually, actually watched the most cartoons on Nickelodeon myself. but I was
1: pretty split between Nick and Cartoon, but Cartoon Cartoons were probably the biggest uh, for me.
0: Cartoon Cartoons was good, but I will still never forget the first uh time we got satellite when I was like six or seven years old, flipping through the channel, and I found out there was a network called Cartoon Network that was nothing but twenty-four hour cartoons. And it was like finding the holy grail. <laughs>
2: well, in that holy grail, why don't you tell us what stuck out specifically?
0: Uh yeah, one of my favorite ones that I watched, and this was one of the original ones. I don't remember if you guys remember this. But when Cartoon Network first started out, it was nothing but old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. They didn't have an original lineup. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, And their original lineup they teased the, coming that summer, and it was going to be Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, and Dexter's Lab. And one of Cow my Chicken? favorites... Chicken was that early? Wow. Yes, Cow and Chicken was one of the original Founding Three. That's uh, crazy. One of my favorites that I still love was uh, Johnny Bravo. You, did you guys watch Johnny Bravo at all? Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, I, okay, you guys will have to dominate this particular conversation. The
2: extent of my Johnny Bravo knowledge is him always getting slapped. That one time that he had the kind of crossover with Velma. And how uh, how's the line go, Wundvog? You do it so well?
1: Oh, it was uh, they run into each other and they both their glasses fall off. And with Velma, it's the regular, my glasses, I can't see without my glasses. And it pans over to Johnny. And he's covering his face. He goes, "My glasses! I can't be seen without
2: my glasses." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. That and and anyway, there was a. <laughs> do you remember the cartoon Groovies? Those music videos they'd play. Those uh, those things were awesome. But they had one for Johnny Bravo, and I just it gets stuck in my head every now and then. The Hey Johnny
0: Bravo, huh, huh, why do the girls always slap my face? But See, that, I don't that's, remember that one. I remember the Groovies, but I don't remember that one. It's pretty. I, good. Did, I didn't like those as a kid. They were interrupting
2: me from my cartoon viewing. Uh, you know what I can understand that but now that I'm older I, I really miss them I go back oh, and then yeah! Them,
0: and... as you're older it's a totally different thing but as a kid it's like Definitely. no get back to the cartoon but uh, no Johnny Bravo back on topic um, that show I still love it's hilarious there is some really great humor that works both on a kids level and an adult's level you don't get as a kid. Um I think one of the biggest ironies for me is when I was growing up, when I looked at Johnny Bravo, I saw my older brother very much in the you know <laughs> he was this really cool guy and he just didn't have the best luck with the ladies. Did and he I have couldn't a understand. That. No. He didn't have the pompadour. Sure. He did have a collection of cool cars though. Collection so maybe, I did, know the uh, town
2: you came from. I know people there could have collections of cars.
0: Yeah. They don't always run, but we have collections of them. Okay. But he had an old Thunderbird, and later a Mustang, and you know he had a couple of really cool cars. So maybe that's why I associated. And then years later, my younger brother was watching, was rewatching Johnny Bravo, and says, "You know, you're kind of like a successful Johnny." I said, How do you mean? He says, "Well, you know, you're like Johnny Bravo, and you're cool, and where Johnny Bravo fails with the ladies, you get off both well ladies." I'm like, okay, I'll take that as a compliment, but. No, I this was one of those shows that you kind of going back and be like, "Oh, this this doesn't really hold up that well. Johnny's kind of a douche, but no. <laughs> he's still really well-meaning and kind. He just uh, he well, doesn't also, know how to also, speak to women. It also helps that when he does
2: like really sketchy, scummy things, he gets punished for it. So, like the show is not endorsing that behavior. It's it's laughing at it. So,
1: definitely.
0: He tries, and it's well-meaning. and Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I think of it. And he loves his mama, which is, you know, very important.
2: His mom is also sweet and also scary. If I
0: yes, his being. mama is awesome. And I think the reason this show worked so well is as kids, especially kids of the 90s, he was supposed to aspire to. He was fit. He was charismatic. He loved his mom. And for the most part, he was well-meaning. Plus... This had some of the best off the wall humor. Uh, one on, of my, wait, wait, hold on. Before you go, to that are, are you sure about Aspire? Because the
2: show also was pretty blatant about making him out to be an imbecile. Like maybe he was supposed to be uh, a, a picture of like you can be flawed as long as you're still good in in this way or that way. But I don't know if Aspire to. <laughs> okay,
0: so maybe it was just me. I aspired to be Johnny Bravo.
2: That explains a lot.
0: Except with you know, I didn't want to live with my mama in you know however old he was but one of my favorite jokes and i can't believe i got this even as a kid was there was a time traveling episode Wundvog, you may remember this one and he travels back oh. to ancient rome and he meets caesar and caesar's wife comes out and it's the stereotypical hot girl and he runs up to her he does some cheesy pickup line and she says C- uh Someone yells out, "Seize her!" And he's like, uh, "says uh, Sorry, says seize him." And Johnny goes, "Seize her, seize him. Will you guys make up your minds?" <laughs> hmm. That joke worked for me so well as a kid. I still laugh at it because I knew who Julius Caesar was, so I got the joke. Or the other great episode where Johnny travels to Norse mythology, falls in love with a Valkyrie, defeats Ymir by feeding him peppers. And then is about to be declared king of all Asgard when his nerdy best friend, Carl, rescues him.
2: Oh, I need to watch that one.
0: And he desperately wants to go back to Valhalla.
2: As he should. I do remember that one.
0: It was this perfect, you know, Johnny Paradise. Wait, beautiful women are going to wait on me and feed me? This sounds perfect.
2: Even though real Valkyrie would also kick your ass, but, uh...
0: (laughs) Yeah, but still, it was my fir- it was really kind of interesting because that was, I think, my first introduction to Norse mythology as a kid. And to me, uh, the saddest or best part of this show was the final, the finale they made for it. I don't know if you guys ever saw the finale. No.
1: I don't know if I did.
0: Uh, the finale was like this little TV movie where Johnny gets set up on a blind date by his mama and little Susie. And he meets this girl and they instantly bond. Like they are perfect for each other. Hmm. But it's revealed that she's a secret agent. Ah. Oh, no. Yeah, so Johnny is getting drug along on this you know, James Bond-style mission, still being Johnny, not knowing what's really going on, just kind of oblivious. Of course. This girl's trying to protect him. <laughs> he keeps making things worse. But the longer it goes on, the more perfect you see they get along, like both their favorite foods are chili dogs. Mm. Oh. And uh, yeah, by the end, <laughs> they're all you know meeting up for Johnny's birthday. And they get there, and she realizes that even though they want to be together, they can't because it's the typical superhero conundrum of if you're with me, you'll constantly be in danger. So she has to knock Johnny out and make him forget they ever met. So mm. Johnny has no idea he met the perfect girl. Glad to see it flipped, like, gender Yeah. And uh, it ends with, you know, Johnny's party. Johnny's, you know, back to being Johnny. And little Susie and Mama are talking, saying, well, it's a pity that blind date didn't work out. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe someday we'll find a girl that loves Johnny the way he is, just like us. And it's really familiar. familiar. And it ends with Johnny getting a card from a secret admirer and him vowing to track down the secret admirer. Uh,
1: I, I vaguely remember... Bits of that. I didn't know that was the last episode, though, so that's like, aw.
0: Yeah, same. That is the canonical end, and I love how it, you know, it kind of shows a progression to Johnny's story arc. Well,
2: let's see, Wundvog, you responded in a, in a very positive, like, affirmative. Do you have a favorite episode of Johnny Bravo?
1: Um, I don't know if it's particular episodes, but I always liked it when he ended up going on a insane adventure with Donkey Osmond.
0: Oh God! Yes, the Donny Osmond episodes.
1: Because Donny would just show up. He'd be super happy and peppy, and Johnny just wants to get away from him.
0: Yes. I don't and... remember that at all. <laughs> I didn't know who Donny Osmond was when I watched I just, it. Just this weird, creepy I. guy that showed up to harass Johnny Bravo.
1: Yeah, just this super happy guy in pink and purple, uh, that uh-huh. like they go off and like save Santa, and then oh, he just the disappears, brother. like Mary Robert Poppins, like Donny flies does. away. Oh, geez
0: <laughs> yeah and uh, years later when I found out who Donny Osmond was, I was like wait you're the guy that used to annoy Johnny Bravo <laughs>
2: Just imagine you meeting the actual guy and being like, "You annoyed Johnny. You,
0: tra- you made Johnny change out of his black shirt." <laughs> or uh, in the ongoing feud between Johnny and Santa. That sounds that, right. That sounds vaguely familiar too. John, they do a whole Night Before Christmas episode where Johnny knocks out Santa because he thinks he's a home intruder. Mm.
2: <laughs> oh, I remember that. one. And
0: then we get Johnny Claus, and the episode <laughs> ends with everyone getting what they want and Johnny getting boxing gloves and Santa coming saying next year's round two. (laughs) (laughs) So then when we cut to next year's Christmas episode, uh, Johnny says, Oh, hi Santa. Do you, do you remember me? And uh, Santa says, Hmm, Johnny, Johnny hits him with a boxing glove. Of course I remember you, Johnny.
2: (laughs) That's, that's some good classic slapstick right there.
0: Or there's this great cutaway joke where, you know, Johnny's counting the reindeer and he's like, Hmm, One is missing? Where's that little red-nosed freak? And it cuts down to Rudolph fighting secret agents with his nose as a laser. I've got to get to Santa to help save Christmas. Never explained, just this weird little cutaway joke. Oh, um, God. Sounds pretty epic to me. <laughs> I think that's why I love this show. There were so many things I remember. I still remember the four food groups, according to Johnny. Do you remember what they were, anybody? I do not. I'm sure the only one that remembers. No.
2: Nah, uh, when I think according... of cartoon four food groups, I think of that guy from Atlantis who was like beer, <laughs> bacon, lard, I can't remember what, and what it was. beans, I think. Beans and beans, yeah.
0: Uh, according to Johnny, the four food groups are jerky, uh, chili, <laughs> meat, and garden hose. Whoa. What? According to Johnny, the four food groups are meat... Oh, no, I, I heard the third. The, the, the three of them don't matter. Repeat that last one. <laughs> Garden hose. Garden hose. Uh, questions. I have questions. Really, one question. What? John, it was a little cutaway, because they used to do these little, like, five-second little mini cuts between episodes to pad them out, and okay. Johnny was on Jeopardy, and Al comes on and says, Johnny, can you name the four food groups... And they say, we're sorry, Johnny, that's incorrect. And Johnny goes, dang it, takes a bite out of a garden hose.
2: Uh, All righty then. That sounds like like a proto-family guy joke at that point.
0: See, it's funny you mention that, because Seth MacFarlane worked on Johnny Bravo. He did. I didn't know that. And you can see his influence on little things like that. Um, I also remember Jerky Jake's Jerky Contest, which was their parody of Willy Wonka. Johnny wins the contest by writing a letter that essentially, uh, the letter is... I like jerky jigs. Jerky, it is very, 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 goes on forever. Good. I actually tried that at school once as an essay.
2: <laughs> you just tried to do the jerky essay.
0: Yes, just very, 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 very good.
2: As a side note, uh,
0: either you guys ever try the uh paint a tunnel and run into it thing. No, for some reason I knew that one wouldn't work, but I thought that if you ran off a building and just kept going, it would work. And I never tried that one.
2: Um, I did. <laughs> I did try the painted tunnel one once. I didn't didn't actually paint it. I just saw one. I was like, I wonder if I believe hard enough. So just will the tune force into existence. Damn right, <laughs> best superpower.
0: And. I mean, just to conclude, I think the reason I love Johnny Bravo so much <laughs> is not only because these jokes still stick with me and the characters still stick with me. I mean, I didn't even talk about Pops or Carl, but they were also perfect. <laughs> Was the fact that so much of my pop culture knowledge originated in Johnny Bravo. I mean, Donny Osmond, Adam West, uh, Shaq shows up at one point. Shaq? Yes. Uh, Johnny becomes Shaq's lucky charm and he wears him like a baby carry- on a baby carrier. Hmm. I know Scooby-Doo was like pretty uh, common Scooby-Doo. in
2: real-life um, celebrities.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Johnny Bravo kind of felt like it was inspired by that because every once in a while they do a crossover with a real celebrity. Hmm. The Scooby-Doo uh, episode was awesome.
2: So I think I never really got into Johnny Bravo because... So the, the humor right always tended to be uh, Johnny Bravo makes an ass of himself, gets slapped, uh, to me, at the time. I'm sure if I went back and watched it now... I'd probably like it a lot more, but as a as a kid, it it struck me as I don't know base, which is pretty weird for a cartoon because cartoons themselves are very slapstick. But I suppose it shows in the in the first cartoon I want to talk about, which you talked about a show like with it inspiring you or aspiring to well I, I liked dexter's lab a lot and i'm an engineer hey. now so what <laughs> uh i mean the idea of a kid who was so unbelievably smart that he built a giant secret laboratory where he could just do science all day and like i i love the idea of being a mad scientist.
0: you gotta put quotation marks around the <laughs> science that he did <laughs> Uh, a lot of times it was turn bolt and all of a sudden giant robot appears.
2: Yes, but he made the giant robot, so he was seeing whether it worked or not.
0: <laughs> okay, I've tried turning a bolt and a giant robot does not appear, so It's
2: because you didn't make the robot first. Jeez, you've got to follow the all the all the steps, not just the last step.
0: I'm <laughs> so. not an engineer.
2: Well, unfortunately. I'm just saying, unfortunately,
0: but from if Axel's anything to go off on engineers. You can't make giant robots. You can't make death rays. It's all a lie. No, it's not a lie. It's just that. You then need where's a team. my death ray? Get it's me just a
2: team.
1: made during the commercial break.
2: Get me a team of material and mechanical engineers. No, 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 and no, I no, will no. Make your death Dexter ray. Dexter didn't
0: have a team. Dexter made.
2: That's because Dexter was an absolute genius who could have easily had PhDs in pretty much every kind of engineer. I'm an electrical excuses- engineer.
0: So you chose the wrong career. You should have chose whatever career Dexter had.
2: Well, no, because Dex, <laughs> theres I would have had to be like a quadruple major in order to have the skills to build uh, it myself, essentially. All
0: I'm hearing is excuses. I'm not seeing a death ray.
2: <laughs> and you won't with an attitude like that. Uh, anyway. You're going to be one of the first people I
0: test my death ray on then.
2: <laughs> not not if I'm the one who knows the kill switch. Anyway, so Dexter's Lab. Um, you know what's funny? I think Dexter's Lab is also a big part of the reason why I had uh, like – Okay, so a lot of boys, young boys, right, are are programmed in one way or another to view the world uh, in a certain binaries, like you know, with girls and stuff. Now, I think most of that's bullshit. Now, but I think that a lot of the reason why I was, you know, avert or averse to very feminine characters was for a long time was simply because of Dee Dee. Oh and God,
0: Dee Dee! <laughs> it's like
2: watching her destroy. Dexter's creations
0: for no reason,
2: (laughs) because it was fun for her fueled me with intense rage and
1: fury. Oh no. Dee Dee was a dick.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Hey Dexter, you built this cool thing. Mind if I break it? Why, why would you do that? He has done nothing to you.
2: And uh, so if we're talking about like specific episodes, right, there's, I have a whole collection that just popped in mind, but one of the ones that sticks out to me the most, because uh Mima was watching it with me was the, the coffee one when Dexter and Didi drink all the coffee. Oh the yeah. So, so most of the episode is brilliant just on that. Watch the two go crazy. But just have Dexter's mom and dad show up and just like literally the dad is framed so that his hair looks like demon horns. And, like his uh-huh. eyes are glowing. <laughs> and he's like Where's the coffee? Where's the coffee? And he starts crying and, and Mima just laughed her ass off at that, because apparently that was really true. I, <laughs> I didn't find out, you know, till much later the importance of coffee. <laughs>
0: so. oh, I just remember that also because they magically transform once they drink the coffee.
2: Yes, I remember that too.
0: Which is totally a kid's point of view.
2: Very much so. Yeah, but that so that one Really stuck out to me. I, I also uh, love the one where was it the first appearance of the um the what do they call them? Basically the Justice League, but not That's the, Justice the Justice Friends. Friends. Justice and Friends, yes. Because yeah. I didn't know if they showed up in Dexter's Laboratory or Powerpuff Girls first, but I know there was an episode of- in
0: Powerpuff Girls.
2: Yeah, they made um, appearances.
0: Oh, similar create. Uh, wasn't the same creator, but we'll get to that later.
2: Yeah. Um. Anyway, because <laughs> it was Genny Tartofsky who did Dexter's Lab. I yeah. Did Powerpuff Girls too, but anyway. Um. So yeah, there was an episode of Dexter's Lab where like a bunch of his friends had the toys, and so then Dexter like actually gave the toys powers that those characters. Yeah, had.
0: I kind of remember that he. No, he made his own because he's they. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he wanted his to be better.
2: Exactly, but they like actually had superpowers. I yeah, remember, I don't remember much about the episode, but I remember watching it, being like, "That's such a cool idea," and just being super into that. So,
0: because who wouldn't want to superpower their uh, beast swords?
2: Yeah, and exactly. then and then, we transitioned to freaking dial M for Monkey, which was you know, ah, the, the ah, cartoon within Dexter, right? And uh, how
0: many good cartoons within that show?
2: Yeah, it's true. But Dial In for Monkey was like. I thought Dial In for Monkey was really great because it was very obviously supposed to be like a superhero and a James Bond and its aesthetic was very 70s in general. Like you look at all the technology the agents have. Yeah. Uh, Agent-,
0: Agent Honeydew?
2: Honeydew, that's right. Right. She was great. For, uh, of course, the only dude. episode of Dial In for Monkey that really stands out. I remember a few of them, like when he got hunted and stuff, but the one that really stands out is Rasslor.
0: I was about to say wrestler. Do you remember wrestler? That was
2: damn right. I remember wrestler oh. was Macho Man Randy Savage,
0: the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, and the uh, only reason Monkey won. I'll oh, let you <laughs> tell the story. This is your. I just love that episode so much. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I love when he like he's fighting all the other uh, heroes, including Van Halen. So again, we're talking about <laughs> cartoons. It was basically uh, Thor, but as a as a rock, the Viking god of rock. That's what they called him. <laughs>
1: With his mighty axe as the guitar.
2: I love it. <laughs> so, um, which his fight was a little sad because Wrestler just pulled off his hair. But uh, I love when he fights Major Glory. Major Glory is voiced by Rob Paulson, right? Um, Mr. Yakko and Raphael and Pinky, national treasure. Uh, and he's doing the whole like scream in Rassler's face about America. Like, the, the I remember that, that the big wrestler I,
0: speech. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and he's just like spitting on him talking about the strength of America, the pride of America <laughs> And Rastler uh his, what does he say? Um here's my John Hancock and punches him, Then he just starts waving him like a flag. It's brilliant stuff.
0: Oh,
2: that was but a as, great show. Yeah, but as for how Monkey beat him, it was it's very classic anime trope, really just cause Rastler kept beating Monkey, but Monkey refused to give up. And Rastler's like, Alright, I respect you, Monkey. I won't destroy your planet. Good ending.
0: So, <laughs> well, I just love that the character's name was Monkey. I was just trying to do the. Like
2: I was, yeah, I was thinking about it earlier today, and I was trying to do the um the opening speech, but I can't do Dexter's accent. But that uh,
0: what was his accent? Because they made a whole episode about accents.
2: All testing proves negative. No enhanced ability. There's, there's a weird way. He yeah,
1: like flex certain words. It's like middle European.
0: Because. I remember there was a whole episode about a bully who hated accents, and it's like Dexter doesn't have an accent; he just talks <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his accent was supposed to be because uh, it sounds
2: it sounds kind of Russian, but
0: yeah, you can't put your finger on it. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's European because the other two kids' accent were French and Irish.
2: Mm. Oh, French! Or the episode where Dexter oh. say omelette <laughs> du fromage."
0: Is that the only French any of us actually know? Is we just yes. that <laughs> I'll play too, More <laughs> or less. Cheese omelette. Cheese omelette. <laughs> I mean, now that's another. We're talking about cartoon tropes we may have tried. Did anyone think that that would actually work if you listened to, you know, when you went to sleep, you'd instantly have memory of it? Yes. <laughs> I've yeah, considered I, it. I thought that, that that's got to be a thing. It was on Dexter, and Dexter has science, so. Well, I think that there is some truth,
2: the idea of, like, Listening to tapes while you sleep can give you subconscious, like, knowledge about it, but the the degree of effectiveness, I think, is highly disputed.
0: So. Okay, let's test this real quick. All right, listeners, I want you to put this particular part of the podcast on. When you go to sleep, put it on repeat. I will elect Ulrich as leader of the world. I will elect Ulrich as leader of the world. Do it. Now, just do it. Put that on repeat and fall asleep. Get back the results of us in November.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got nothing to add to that particular discussion. <laughs> also, uh, what was um was it Mandar or Mandark? It was just Man Dark. dark. Man Mandark. Dark. Had a K? Alright. I couldn't remember if it had a K or not. But uh, I love, well, one thing I love about Mandark, to me, it never made sense why Dexter's Lab was a secret. I mean, I get it from like a, um, a writing perspective. It allows you to do interesting stories of Dexter trying to keep it secret, but from a Like, let's look at this in-the-world perspective. Other than the immense amount of power that his lab has to draw, but actually, I mean, with how brilliant Dexter is, apparently, I'm sure he's created his own sources of power underneath there. Um, And, I mean, if he gets his hands on all those raw materials... Uh, So it made no sense to me that he would keep it secret. Then we get to see, when Mandark shows up in his lab, you can see it behind his house. It's, It's no secret. I mean, it doesn't help that his parents were hippies yeah so they care, uh, and named him true. sue oh, oh, right.
0: Right. i couldn't remember that that's I knew why it. he was the villain was because of his name well he was supposed to be
2: a dark uh, not inversion but like a dark amplification of dexter yeah
0: the true evil <laughs> genius but to answer your question why he kept the secret it's kid logic um, that is the whole sure. thing and it wouldn't have been cool if it wasn't a secret lab I mean, we all wanted a secret lab to some extent. The clubhouse, the place where there were no girls allowed. Oh, what was the name of that Mr. T-Shaft combo that he was such a fan of? Action Hank. Yeah. Yes. When Dexter grows a beard, I wanted that machine.
2: <laughs> See, all I remember yes. about Action Hank, I think it was Action Hank, was the one where um him and Dee Dee got the decoder rings, but they got them flipped.
0: Yeah. So-
2: so, DeeDee's was the Action Hank Dakota ring, but Dexter's was, like, the pretty pony thing.
0: We're going to live in <laughs> yeah. boiling hot cinnamon applesauce. Yeah. It'll be delicious.
1: Oh, and Action Hank jumps in and saves the day for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's just like, Didi what got is happening?
0: <laughs> oh, you want to talk about surreal what's happening episodes. You guys remember the Muffin Man episode? Yes.
2: That oh. got scary. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, is that the one where
2: uh, where Dexter's dad like married his mom for the muffins?
0: Yes, and he's obsessed with the muffins, and he fights a squirrel for the muffins. Yeah, what was Dexter? that about?
2: Uh, apparently, Dexter's mom's muffins—not a metaphor at all—are <laughs> <laughs> like, <Not> amazing. Not. <laughs> not with those Hartman hips. Mm.
0: <laughs> okay, well now I'm forced to think of that in a new context I'd never considered. <laughs>
2: You really never thought
0: of that? No, I was stuck on, why was Dexter's dad fighting a squirrel? I uh, mean, what? yeah, squirrels are kind of creepy looking, but why would you fight a squirrel over a muffin? Well,
2: I, I've I've fought a squirrel over less, so... Yeah,
0: well, uh, that's because you were stupid and you tried to befriend a squirrel.
2: Squirrels are not your friends. I learned that. So, they're my mortal enemies now. <laughs> What what was the episode? I've seen the picture recently, but I don't actually remember the episode where it had like all the different dexters from his own timeline at different ages.
1: Oh. oh I think that was a movie. Movie. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, a because... robot comes from the future and says, we need to w- destroy the one who saved the future. And they try to attack Dexter, and he's like, I must have saved the future, I need to see when.
0: Yeah, uh. because for a while, Cartoon Network, each of their old, you know, founding shows got a movie send-off. Like, that's why Johnny Bravo got its movie send-off.
2: Well, I know one that I really like that we'll talk about later, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know Dexter's Lab had it, so.
0: Yeah, more or less they got a made-for-TV send-off, I remember. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones. I this was the one I love Dexter's Lab, but this is my favorite one. I remember was the Kaiju episode. You guys remember that one at all? Well, because that was that was like the biggest episode of the entire series
2: where he where he fights the the axe face thing and he has to bring his family in Mm -hmm. and then a monkey shows up and powers them. Like I wasn't if they brought it out,
0: but yeah, that was a good one
2: too. Because that was the one where they oh, brought yeah. in like everything in Dexter into one episode. His family even found out about—well, I should say his parents found out about the lab. Like that was the big crazy. Like this is the same story past the commercial break.
0: Story. Yeah, no, I was talking about the one where uh, Dexter and Dee Dee both become you know kaiju, and they keep evolving and growing bigger to try. Oh, and, uh,
1: yeah, that one was good too. That was, that was when I
0: really remember, like as a kid. If you're flipping through, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I can watch uh, Rugrats, or oh wait, this right, this episode of Dexter's on. Screw Rugrats, I'm watching this.
2: Admittedly, Rugrats is pretty awesome, but another time. Uh, <laughs> I do remember there were being one like lizard form of Dexter that looked pretty badass, just design wise.
0: Yeah, it was the Godzilla-esque style one.
2: Well, of course, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, so.
0: And then DD was a weird creepy spider one, which only added to the annoyance of DD. Oh
2: god. I've seen that character in Undertale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was a good show. And again, uh Gendry, I can't Gendry Tarakovsky. There you yes. go. Best known for anybody?
2: Well, Samurai Jack. Yes. Well, speaking of uh Non Gendry Tarkovsky, uh what about or maybe you, is I don't know. No, I know it is. Uh, Wundvog, what do you got? Well,
0: when
1: it came to Cartoon Network, uh, I have an interesting story with what became one of my favorite shows, and that was Ed, Ed, and Eddie.
2: Yes, fantastic show. To be fair, well, that like, was actually my favorite, but I, I
1: want to talk the next to goofiest. Time. But uh, I had a fun thing that when I was a kid, like I saw that trailer, and I was like, "That show's gonna be terrible." Well, <laughs> well I don't Wiggle even remember man. the trailer. Well, it was just like it was the trailer, like it just showed them running with like. Eddie has his tongue flailing out Oh no, like, yeah, and the animation was all weird and squiggly. And I'm just like, this show's going to suck. So <laughs> I, I, I actively avoided now. it.
2: It's like the only show that made Squiggle Vision work. <laughs> well, except for but Dr. Katz, because home movies switched from Squiggle Vision to Flash in season two. But go on. Yeah, And
1: like, I avoided it for a little bit because like, I just, I wanted to not like it because my first impression, uh, then nothing was on. So I, uh, I checked out an episode, and lo and behold, it's hilarious. Which one? Um, I don't know if it was any specific. It might have just been one of the earliest ones. Like, uh, I remember watching the episode where they go to the pool party, which I think is like episode Oh, two.
2: God.
0: That and one was a weird one.
1: <laughs> they try to impress everybody by wearing thongs, and then Ugh. they get yep. snapped off, and they spend the entire party hiding in the pool.
2: Yep. They're all grotesque and Cronenberg-looking when they've absorbed all the water.
1: Yeah, they all yep. pruney.
0: Oh God! <laughs> Visuals Ugh. in that show. I think that's why it's you know stuck around. Is nobody else looked like that show did?
1: Oh yeah, it's it was very unique and like kind of gross without going like Ren and Stimpy gross.
0: Yeah,
2: it was no Invader Zim <laughs> certainly. Oh, God. oh certainly.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just like I loved the the. Like ambition and greed of Eddie, like the simpleness of Ed, and then just like the neurotic insanity of Double D. It's,
0: it's funny because you kind know. of knew somebody that can fall into one of those categories. Oh
1: what yeah, all you? three of them. You knew, you knew someone that was like
0: that.
2: It's funny because you almost think Double D's the straight man, then you realize no, he's neurotic. That is his thing. <laughs>
0: Ed could almost be the straight man, almost because everything just kind of you know either bounces off, of, off him or goes over his head. When I or was, he'll sometimes
2: grade...
1: be weirdly insightful.
2: Yes, I, I can't help it if anyone says uh, like swag to me, I have to respond with swickety swag. What's in the bag?
1: <laughs> yeah, trying to make Ed cool and it worked. Oh,
0: the
1: episode was yeah. amazing. <laughs> Until no. the cankers showed up.
0: I don't mind the cankers, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Oh, they were—they were,
1: they <laughs> were some of the most fun, like counter, like rivals to the main characters. Yeah, uh, and I love how like they—they they either would just mess with them specifically, or just try and screw up their plan, <laughs> mostly for kicks and giggles.
0: Yeah, there was no real reasoning. It was just like... Uh, like
1: personally, one of my favorites is uh, from them. Is I cannot remember the episode, but there's a. A haunted mansion, or like haunted empty oh, house yeah. in the de
2: It's I think. called <laughs> Can you take this? Yeah, and they try like to that. go.
1: Yeah, and they try to go in uh, and prove that they're being brave, uh, but they keep falling in all these weird traps. And you find out the uh, through it all, it was an incredibly elaborate plan just to get them uh, effectively naked and at a wedding uh, chapel.
2: Hold on. Do you remember what the traps were? I do. <laughs>
1: um, I remember Eddie got trapped in the door.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, that.
1: Oh, there were, and then there were a line of books trying to get Double D.
0: Yeah, and like, it goes down a trapdoor. Yeah, because he's doing the whole like, <laughs> who, who would dare leave a book, a poor book, on the floor? Yeah. Right.
2: Meanwhile, they put up like a a, a money, like a dollar, for Eddie to climb towards.
1: That's right. Just trying to get him to uh follow it.
2: Yeah, and then for Ed, it was a box of Chunky Puffs. It was great because they didn't actually show him like... Chunky Puffs. Yeah, they just show the box, they show Ed, then it cuts to like a solid, I don't know, two minutes maybe? Maybe less, but something like that of Double D and Eddie like chasing their respective paths. Yeah, and
0: and, uh, to be honest, I could easily be trapped by the Double D one. If you just put a line of books, I would probably like, ooh, okay, oh, another one! Oh, Wow.
2: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. just—it's—it's it's all that build up to that moment where, yeah, like you said, they're—they're they're naked, and then they double and Eddie show up, and there's Ed. He goes, "Tisk tisk. Do you know how long I have been waiting?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right, because they both drop into it, and he's just there.
2: Yep.
0: Again, great simple line delivery from Ed.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I think um, that's one of
0: the best things about that show was the imagination.
1: Oh, definitely. Like, in, like imagination is the perfect word for it because it's just like. It's just like the things they came up with just to try and get some money to get <laughs> jawbreakers.
0: I think I tried almost every one of their scams at some point in someone in my school. Even I even <laughs> created a friend of mine, a friend a couple of friends of mine, we even created a couple of successful ones. Uh including real estate and insurance fraud. Did you create uh, a cardboard city? No, I wanted to so bad.
1: Oh yeah. Oh the cardboard city was great because all of the like all the kids get like city fied.
0: Yeah, Uh Uh, except for Johnny. Except
1: for Johnny, who's like, like, you know, I've lost my best friend to the big city. No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. Oh, and speaking of groovies, man, my best friend Plank and the Incredible Shrinking Day, two of the best ones, both Ed Ed and Eddie.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. No, my brothers and I, and again, we're like eight years apart, given respectfully. I've got a lot of brothers, but these three brothers were about, you know, eight years apart, give or take. We all fell in love with Ed Ed and Eddie, and. I remember one of the things was uh, the uh, sailing episode. I don't know if you guys remember that one or not, when they build the river cruise. Yeah, that's the
2: pirate. I know that because the cankers of the pirate episode. Yes. We instantly
0: fell in love with that episode. We're like, hey, we have a weed eater. We are going to make a boat engine out of that. Oh, no. We tried so hard. and One of my brothers, who went on to become an engineer, he was like, no, we're going to crack this. There's got to be a way (laughs) to make this work. So we're out there, you know, with a weed eater in our back pond trying to figure out how we can supercharge this thing into a boat motor. <laughs> All well, because that's wonderful. we were watching a episode of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And my older brother, he's home from college. He's spending his college break with his two younger brothers trying to convert a weed eater to an onboard boat engine because he saw it on a cartoon. Do I you know what that's that
2: great. instrument that Double D played in that episode was?
1: Oh, I've looked up the name before, but I cannot remember. It's basically like a table guitar thing that you just pick at. And,
0: and he, he even makes this I hate it so much. Oh, there's a line, and I can't remember it. Is, I think it was,
1: I detest this instrument. Yes. Yeah. Was his specific words. Um, I, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, going on, again, the, another episode, great episode with the cankers. Uh, actually, I think my personal favorite canker moment is when Double D realizes they might be able to get rid of them through reverse psychology.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So they start being all romantic and weirdly lovey-dovey with the cankers, and they realize, what's going on? Why are you guys doing this? I don't like it.
2: I love it. There's a moment in that where uh, like it pans over, and there's Double D with a flower doing the, the pick the petals thing, and he's going, yes. she loves me. She loves me also.
1: That <laughs> died. That yeah. was great. And they ruin it because Eddie can't keep his cool.
0: They smell the fear.
1: Yep. <laughs> he sweats once, and, and Lee caught it.
0: Uh, what do you guys think of the later season? Like, the when they were started going, they moved more away from the scams and into the, you know, junior high style stuff.
1: I actually enjoyed a good chunk of it. Like, especially because there was one episode where it basically frames it as a prison escape
0: episode. I was just thinking about that episode. <laughs>
1: And it's just, like, Eddie's talking uh, during James, like, we're busting out of here. Uh, th- then Plank heard it, so, like, Johnny's like, we want out too.
2: <laughs> I, I I dug those seasons. I, I did dislike, or not dislike, I, I I did think it was too bad that it basically destroyed the idea that, like, it was purgatory and that the kids were all souls from different eras, which I thought was neat. But uh,
1: uh so many shows have, like, those weird, like, Dark theories of, though they're actually, you know, been dead all
2: along. Yeah, yeah I, know, hate, they always, always, always I hate most that. of them. I hate most of them. Most of yet them
1: are pretty bad.
2: Yet, and anyone though I thought was pretty good because, like, I just saw someone once like show every character and explain why they were from the different decades. Anyway, we're not here to talk about creepypasta, pasta, but uh, I know that. The episode with the Valentine's Day stuff was pretty great, especially because so when I was young enough to be into that show and not necessarily hit puberty yet, I still knew there was something about Marie Kanker, the blue-haired one, that was interesting to me. And uh, I, I have found out in later years that I am not the only person who had that kind of reaction. So I was
0: wondering if you were going to share this story or not.
2: Yeah! Yeah! I mean, it was burgeoning puberty. Whatever. And I like girls with alternative haircuts and punk girls, and it's kind of what Marie was. But that episode had uh, Jimmy as Cupid getting, like, May and Double e fall in love, and then Marie being all super jealous. And, like, r- there's just this one great scene where at the dance and she just rips an amp, like, in yeah. half. So I just,
0: and, yeah, the later episodes, they, they still kept that imagination. There's a lot of that surreal-style humor. Also, but, the big picture show.
1: Big yes. Big picture show. Like, if we want to talk about, like, good movie send-offs. Oh, uh,
0: the Ed, Ed, Ed movie.
1: Yeah, they they, f- they did finish the show off with, uh, like, a, f- a full-length TV uh, episode. And it just starts off with all the Eds looking really banged up and panically, like, packing their bags to leave the cul-de-sac. And it's just, like, it sets up this image of they had a scam that went so, so bad. That the entire town is now, or like all the kids are now out for blood.
0: Yeah, the Omega situation, which I still want to know to this day what did they do? We never get to find out.
1: But it's like, just looking at like damage from the others, it's just like, this had to have gone so spectacularly bad.
0: And considering some of the (laughs) stuff they did, it's like, what?
1: (laughs) Definitely. I mean,
0: you once (laughs) turned the entire cul-de-sac into a jungle of grass, you built like a. Three-story Jello. Um You built a cardboard city. What did you do that so destroyed this yeah. ecosystem? What did you do to make them so angry? Yeah. And we <laughs> finally get the reveal of Eddie's brother.
2: Yeah, which explains a lot and also really yeah. makes you feel bad for Eddie. He's apparently a
0: terrible person. <clears throat> well, <laughs> it works so well because, you know, a lot of times you idolize your older siblings only to realize, wait, you're an asshole.
1: Definitely. It's... And with all like the grand stories Eddie's always said about him when you realize oh geez he's just been bullied this whole time So you in have
0: the a... Stockholm syndrome so did you have a favorite episode Wo
1: favorite episode oh, it's so hard to tell with those because they had plenty of great ones but I think one of my favorites actually is from one of the newer ones it was a uh, their Valentine's Day episode
2: wasn't that the one I was just talking about
1: was well, uh sorry but uh yeah the just the idea of, like, the weird little fairies that only Rolf knows about.
0: <laughs> yes! Uh, <laughs> I forgot about and that ch- entirely. And he chases them down with his shovel. Yeah,
1: he's just, There's like, like lemon juice in his eyes. Yeah, him. he yes. squirts lemons into his eyes, and he's just like, oh,
2: no.
0: Oh, Rolf oh. was awesome. Every character in that show was awesome.
2: Yeah, I have, to, I have to make special mention here to, A, the time that Rolf beat Eddie up with a fish.
0: You <laughs> <It would> have <laughs> insulted the son of a shepherd!
2: <laughs> and and B, the Wonderful. time you find out that Jimmy is actually the evilest kid in the whole cul de sac.
1: Oh, that wow. is that is actually probably one of the best episodes that they
0: had is Yeah, I don't know yeah. if, if there was actually a bad episode. Like True. there were episodes that were lesser, but there was not an episode of that I would skip. And I've actually rewatched that show that show a couple times. It's like, "Oh, this show is amazing."
2: Yeah, it's just it's gold. I was trying to explain this to someone the other day uh, who like didn't get why it was popular, but yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say too and I, I was actually talking with Hoonfog about this the other day, but so the cankers. Um, I had someone once write this interesting idea of why the cankers like the Eds individually. Right. So, do, do you remember? As a anyway, so, the idea yes. was that um, first of all, Lee likes Eddie because she is mo- uh, just as, if not more, ambitious than him, and she not only uh, sees and understands, but respects his greed and his ambition and his ability to keep on. Trying, no matter how many times he fails, and that's why she likes to make him fail to to watch that uh, that perseverance go through. Um, May likes Ed because she's the youngest sister, and so she's always been. Uh, and you can see this in all the episodes; she gets picked on a lot by her two older sisters. So, <laughs> so Ed's simplicity and kindness really speaks to a sibling who basically is in such an abusive environment all the time, and. Marie's the hardest one to get down, but the fact that she's an artist, and you can see it in a couple episodes, uh, belies an idea that she has like more to her than the gruff canker exterior, and she thinks that Double D is the uh, intelligent, sensitive one who can bring out the intelligent, sensitive one in her. Now... All that is extremely speculation, but I adore the idea. So,
0: Not a bad fan theory. Yeah,
1: and nothing wrong with overcomplicating the thoughts of uh, looking into deeper character stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that was a great show. So fun. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, moving on to my second choice. And this one, I was not as big a fan of as a kid, but... I still feel it's worth talking about because it's stuck with me to this day. I even still remember the theme song was uh, "Cow and Chicken." Oh
1: boy, "Cow and Chicken."
2: <laughs> Wasn't the theme song just them saying "Cow, Chicken" basically over and over and over again?
0: Yeah, but <laughs> a, I also remember the uh, theme song to the much better sub show. I am, I uh, am, I am Weasel. I am Weasel.
2: <laughs> I, am Weasel. I are Baboon.
0: <laughs> yes, I can still sing that one. I still know that one, but again, not a big fan of this one. But it was weirdly surreal in the Ren and Stimpy style manner that it kind of drew me in. It's like, well, I got half an hour to kill till something better comes on. I'll watch this. I remember Devil's Ass. Yeah, no, it was the red guy. It was totally the devil, though. Yeah, but they called him (laughs) the red guy, which kind of helped clear it up because his gender was super ambiguous sure he would appear as a man in one episode and a woman in the next episode and you were (laughs) not sure if it was you know like him from powerpuff girls and the gender was questionable or he liked to cross-dress but it was one of those really weird shows and i still remember it i mean ah, pork butt and taters
2: Oh, God.
0: Which I now realize that's just pork roast and potatoes. But even as a kid, they're like, oh, that sounds good. I don't know why it's pork butt and taters, but Something that a cow sounds and chicken good.
2: Pork it's sounds terrible.
0: There were so. And they even like they addressed in the show, this show's not going to make sense because the line, you know, mama had a ca- uh, cow, mama had a chicken. Dad was proud. He didn't care how. That address is like, we're not going to address where this comes from or how this world works.
1: It's just going to be crazy, and you're going to love it.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and that's essentially my take on it. It was crazy, and I loved it, and it made no sense. Plus, the uh, baboon and weasel. I am weasel. You felt so bad for IR baboon.
2: I can't actually remember. Was this a cow and chicken episode? It might have been a Dexter's Lab episode where it was uh, like a guy in the back of the bus who, who, with chewing gum, made like a jungle chewing gum. That was Dexter's lab. That was okay. Dexter's lab. I thought that was yeah. all right. Never mind. It was weird. I thought it was you got cow and chicken.
0: Stuck there. Yeah, no, cow and chicken was even weirder. Like at one point, they had to foil the red guy from changing the course of evolution by putting a worm in the primordial soup.
1: I remember that episode. And like he tried to dip cows' udders in the primordial soup. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he wanted to see. To, he was all about the, chaos. Yeah, he just he wanted to see what utter-headed people would look like.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. It was so <laughs> weird. It didn't make any sense. But kind of like Ed Ed and Eddie, that weird surreal comedy worked for you as a kid because, like, this is just so weird. It's like Ren and Stimpy, but a little bit less gross. Yeah, but I, a think, little bit. I think one of the important
2: things about Ed and Eddie, though, was the fact that they were all just kids made it this weird kind of relatable where you felt like you could do anything they were doing. Whereas Cow and Chicken jumped this certain line where it's like, no, this is meant to just be. Sensation! This is like just candy for your eyes. Just look at the insanity on screen. Oh, yeah, it was completely was crazy.
1: And <laughs> I remember, I remember laughing a lot at Cow and Chicken, but not always understanding it. And now yeah. looking back and laughing harder because I do. Oh,
0: <laughs> again, kind of like Rocco's Modern Life or Ren and Stimpy. There were jokes in there, like, wow, censorship in the '90s was totally different.
2: Well, Rocco's <laughs> is kind of the king, definitely, like, but. Yeah, Cow yeah, and Chicken. Like I said, devil ass.
0: He bounces around on his ass. And walks on it, yeah. But still, there was an episode that only aired once. It's now gone down as one of the infamous band episodes. And It was Cow and Chicken, and it was called Buffalo Girls, Won't You Come Out Tonight?
2: I'm yes, scared. I
1: remember this episode.
0: It was about a all-female gang of bikers called the Buffalo Girls that break into your house and chew your carpet. Oh, 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 oh. I do remember <laughs> and that. Dad was like, careful, Mama. They'll drag you away and chew your carpet. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. gosh. This was an actual episode, and this wasn't one where the son just went, no, that's too much.
2: And I had to find the line somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, or Uncle Boneless Chicken. You guys remember Uncle Boneless Chicken? Yes. He, he just the flops there. there. Yes, and he was the pinnacle ladies' man. <laughs> this uh, show made no sense, but it was so representative of early 90s cartoons. It's like, okay, what a kids like? Well, they like Ren and Stimpy. Let's do Ren and Stimpy. But instead of a you know, cat and a dog, let's have a cow and a chicken. Farmyard theme.
2: Okay, but cow and chicken's got nothing on Ren and Stimpy when it comes to insanity. I mean, Ren and Stimpy had uh, a horse selling rubber nipples door and door.
0: Or the universe of Lost Items what? and there's a mountain left socks.
2: I'm sure we'll talk about Ren and Stimpy. Oh, night. we'll get to Ren and Stimpy. I...
0: <laughs> but again, cow and chicken for not that great a show. We are still talking about it. We still remember it. We still remember I, are, I Am Weasel and I Are Baboon, this weird little one spinoff show that came on occasionally that was all about this baboon's hatred of this weasel.
1: And so, all I'm learning from like the last few shows we've talked about is Cartoon Network had some great supporting characters for these old cartoons.
0: Well, they were very... And we will talk about it when we get back to another cartoon. It was the uh, yes. cartoon cartoons. Definitely. And the foundry of ideas. And again, I don't know what else to say about cow and chicken, but just colorful insanity. I mean, the ugliest wiener episode.
1: Uh, I vaguely remember that, and it's coming back, and now I'm like, oh, no.
0: Cow writes a play <laughs> no. about, you know, all these hot dogs in a grocery store and how, you know, they all made fun of the ugly wiener all la uh, the ugly duckling and chicken wants you know originally she cast chicken as the ugliest wiener but chicken doesn't want that then he finds out that the cute girl he likes will be playing the romantic interest of the ugliest wiener and he does want it but it's too late and the big twist ending to this play is the only one that's safe from being spit roasted over a flame is the ugliest wiener because no one wanted it huh. and there's the scene with the kids on skewers screaming as they are <laughs> roasted over the flames going oh why were we ugly like the ugliest wiener so it's
1: a little morbid
0: <laughs> yeah this is a
2: kid's show so since i didn't watch a whole lot of it i i might be off base but am i wrong in thinking that Cal was kind of like a proto tina from
0: bob's burgers i don't know i don't like um... bob's burgers so I can't really comment. I
1: wouldn't say so because she was a lot more energetic and okay.
0: friendly. She was yes.
1: 100%, you know. Yeah, she was a lot more sociable. I guess oh, I, just, I got the impression What was the
0: El Cow? Oh, oh yeah. Her, her
1: superhero persona.
0: And her arch enemy, red butt guy. Of course. And she only spoke Spanish. Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, Uh, the sheer insanity of this show.
2: What's funny is uh, My Lady, right, when she was growing up, there were a few cartoons she wasn't allowed to watch. And a lot of them make sense. Like, she wasn't allowed to watch Cow and Chicken. I get it. She wasn't allowed to watch uh, Ren and Stimpy. I get it. She wasn't allowed to watch Angry Beavers. I don't get that. I love
0: Angry Beavers. We'll talk about (laughs) Angry Beavers on another episode, because that one was awesome.
2: But just saying that like, I totally understand parents who we could see cow and chicken. I'd be like, oh, uh, no.
0: See, that's the thing. My mom didn't let me watch Power Rangers when I was growing up. I had to watch it at my cousin's and my grandparents' house because it was quote-unquote too violent.
2: You too but, can talk about that.
0: <laughs> but cow and chicken, she just saw it, like, this is stupid. Why do you like this? And then my brother would come in, the same one that watched Ed, Ed and Eddie with us, was like, oh, boy, cow and chicken. She's like, you like this too? What is wrong with you two? <laughs> Mama had a cow, Mama had a chicken. Dad was proud. He didn't care how. Dee dee and she'd just walk out going, Oh God. Oh. So many fond memories of this weird, stupid show, which is why I put it on this list was just it's worth talking about because it was so weird. What are the other side characters? A time capsule. And so many side characters and it was a limited cast, but you still these few like Flem and Earl. His two best friends. Planet that arrow. was it.
1: Yeah, like their mom and dad, who were just like cut off, like at the legs.
2: yeah. And down. And
0: a, you never saw what they looked like, and there was an episode they were just a pair of legs.
2: Yep. So I remember that.
0: <laughs> well, because that was always the, creeped oh me boy. out as a kid.
2: well Because that was a <laughs> joke in oh, a lot of old cartoons, right? That wouldn't show you. It's, you know, it's the Peanuts thing, you know. Don't yeah. show adults, but they just were literally a pair
0: of legs. Kids' perspective, which I think was again a great, strong to that, you know. The, maybe the surrealness was meant to represent the imagination, creativity of kids in a way that Ed, Ed and Eddie did, but weirder.
2: <laughs> Surreal. We,
0: we, I mean, if you ever talk to kids, they say some weird stuff sometimes. Well, stri- and I think Carol oh, yeah. Chicken kinda of represented the weird things kids say and think. Well it definitely. strikes me as yeah, it strikes me as
2: especially odd, Ulrich, because you've told me in the past that you don't like surrealism in your tunes but cow and chicken is super surreal
0: yeah i'm right on that same boat i don't like surrealism in my cartoons but again cow and chicken it, it, it drew the line for me i guess
1: there's uh, always the few outliers
0: yeah are exceptions that make the rule so uh axel what
2: do you got oh well i mean i know it's not in the 90s but anytime we gotta talk about cartoon network i gotta talk about megas xlr i've mentioned mean, it one one of the
0: greatest times. cartoons ever created that was canceled before megas. it's time
2: damn right. Like Negus to me is like a crown jewel of what a cartoon should be. It, it had drama and a somewhat overarching story, but it was also really funny and had ridiculous tune force stuff. It was like a power fantasy. Cause the main hero was a guy who you could just be. It's also giant robots. And it was a parody Muscle of
0: cars and oh, one of love- the greatest theme songs of all time.
2: Damn right. Chicks dig giant robots,
0: which they do. We can <laughs> confirm this now.
2: Yes, ah, uh, <coughs> uh, but I love that. Like almost every episode, uh, Megus. Oh, by the way, for because it was not as well known as things like Cow and Chicken, Dexter's Laboratory, and uh Quick recap, I guess. The the plotline of Megus XLR is that in the in the far future, there's an alien species called the Glorf, which look like if you took Eldritch horror, like Cthulhu monsters, and made them not scary, and then put them in mech suits. Uh, but they've basically destroyed humanity. And so humanity's last hope is in this prototype mech that they actually stole from the glorft and then changed called the Megus, which is an acronym for something I can't remember, but it has a, a time drive in it. Send it back in time to before the first major glorft victory so they can change that and change uh, history. But things go wrong. Instead, it gets sent back to like 1910 or something like that, where it then gets buried under a bunch of trash and then in uh, in the early 2000s, it gets found by this pair, this guy, uh, Coop, who's like a 23-year-old gamer and a, I don't really know how else to explain a muscle car dude. His name is Coop. He's named after an old car. Anyway, yep. and his and his friend Jamie, who is um, voiced by Steve Blum and a, a coward. Jo-
0: he looks like skinny. Let's call him Skinny Johnny Bravo because that's what his character was. Uh, I guess He so. was constantly hitting on chicks and getting shut down.
2: True enough. Well, it wasn't Aren't always. Japan, kind of. <laughs> but anyway, so then, so then, uh, Coop uses his like car information to not only rebuild the Megas Mech, but it's missing its head. So he uses his car as the cockpit, and then he paints the whole thing like a hot rod. So it's got like a flaming eight ball on one arm, and and like the the trucker girl flap silver like outline thing on the back leg.
0: It was glorious
2: yeah and the control scheme is not only his car but like controllers from any video game that existed up to that point like there's an Atari controller there's a PlayStation controller just, <laughs> just a depending on what if- buttons yeah. yes and so one of the people from the future Kira shows up in episode one to try to get it back but she can't the time drive doesn't work so she's stuck in the past with coop and Jamie and that's basically the setup for the show so then every episode they have to fight something that's usually a parody of some real-life thing. Like, in one episode, which is one of the uh, best ones, they find uh, a cartridge that they think's a video game, but when Koop tries to play it, <laughs> it actually is a interstellar prison.
0: <laughs> and he goes through all the various consoles, why won't you fit?
2: Oh yeah, he uh, finally <laughs> gets to look like an 8-track or something. <laughs> but, but it... <laughs> But So it releases like all of these uh, prisoners, including one uh, that's basically Space Godzilla. Not like Space Godzilla, the actual creature, but like Godzilla, but from space. Uh, But it can also talk. But its design is very much like, okay, that's what they're doing here. But there's a part of that episode that is the most indicative of the show at large, where Coop is fighting an invisible ninja mech thing, and he's... And he's like, "Hmm, how do I deal with how do I deal with the invisible mech?" Now, in most shows, you might see something like, "Oh, look for, uh, you know, listen, use your ears, or or look for the impressions that their feet make in the ground." But Coop's like, "Nah, I don't run like that player," and he just activates every missile he has in every direction.
0: Yeah, wasn't that <laughs> the one with the button that said, "Coop, do not push this button at all costs. Do not push this button." I'm gonna push that button, and he slams it with his forehead.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also uh, one of. My, I think my favorite episode, though, is is actually like episode two, and it has a uh, Michael Dorn that's Warf from uh, Star Trek: Next Generation voicing a mech called the Regis Mark V.
1: Oh, the Regis. You've shown me this one recently. It's great.
2: Yeah, it's basically. It's basically a nanotech bot that looks kind of like oh, a... Oh,
0: wait. Okay, go on. I know this one.
2: Yeah, it looks kind of like a, a... At first, it's like the size of a dog, and it's got like five or six eyes or something like that, and it's constantly spouting off about how it is the most superior technology. It's like, nothing can stop the Regis Mark V, which is invincible. All the time speaking with wharves voice, and it's just hilarious, because like, the first time he shows up, Coop just steps on him. He's like, oh, all right. Now let's keep on going because he's just trying to get a slushy. All he wants is a slushy because it's a really hot day, and the re just keeps on reforming itself, absorbing mm-hmm. some metal, getting bigger and then re-getting in the way. Yes, I love that
0: episode, because it's whole quest. He wants a slushie, and he keeps getting angrier and angrier. All I wanted was a big gulp.
2: Yeah, finally, he has it in his hand, and he's about to take a drink, and then the Regis smacks the bot, spills the entire thing, and (laughs) Coop's like... All I wanted was a slushie, but you wouldn't let me have that, would you? <laughs> and he goes into the quintessential
0: Coop rage.
2: And then you get, like, a good two-and-a-half-minute montage of just him finding new ways to beat this robot up. So <laughs> It's oh, hilarious. Yes.
0: God, it shows awesome.
2: Coop fights the Sailor Scouts at one point. They don't call him that, but they're totally that. He fights another team that's basically Power Rangers meets Voltron. Like... If you can think of oh, I, <laughs> I actually that one.
1: I have some input on that one because that that team is so many layered sentai jokes. It's insane. I okay, mean, I don't it...
2: know sentai, so you go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, of, of course calling their the machines Zorps is a clear reference to the Zords of Power Rangers. Um the combining is very similar to Voltron or any of the of the Zords at, in the shows. But the fact that they're all bird themed is a reference to uh, a series called Gatchaman.
2: Oh I
0: thought it uh, was Voltron.
2: Huh. Yeah. Go on.
1: But uh, they they all all the heroes of the old Gatchaman series were bird themed and they it's basically just animated Sentai where they'd fight. So it's like you have all three like layers of that joke in one episode.
0: yeah like i remember the like the best thing i remember that one is them mocking he can't be the deadliest warrior of all in the galaxy he's too fat and coop goes i'm not fat i'm just husky (laughs) and that being a running joke if i remember correctly well well, plus one thing that's great about coop is he actually has extremely
2: good positive body image he's very much this big dude but he likes being a big dude in fact in one of the episodes (laughs) goes into a parallel universe where there's an evil him and so at nearly every episode near the end Coop does this thing where he basically says like uh, the camera focuses on him and does kind of this anime thing where he just starts listing off grievances and then at the end he'll say something ridiculous and be like you know and that's why I'm gonna beat you it's very classic but so in that one he's like you brought me to this parallel universe you destroyed my friends in this parallel universe. You destroyed my bot. And worst of all, you made me skinny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: Which may be a terrible you know, message to send to kids, but I don't care. That was... Well, I think he it's a like,
2: like I said, Coop, Coop has a positive body image. He knows who he is, and he has pride in it. So I also love... If, if there's no other reason to watch it... Bruce Campbell is in it. In two okay, episodes.
0: good. You're going to talk about that episode. I was like, you cannot skip the Bruce Campbell one. It's, one of the, like, it's Bruce Campbell.
2: Come on. The thing of B-movies. Yeah. yeah. Wundvog here and I, we're watching Ash of the Evil Dead currently. Awesome show. show. It's so yeah. fun. We just got done watching the um, two and Army of Darkness like two weeks ago or something like that. And damn, do I love Army of Darkness. Yes. So- <laughs> the
1: show's so goofy and I love it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So Bruce Campbell shows up. It's in like episode three or four or something like that, mm-hmm. and he's he's magnanimous, and he's basically a a mocking of Modok from Marvel because he's just a head, like a giant head with teeny arms and legs, and it's great because when he shows up, he's doing his whole spew about why Megas should come do this like you know televised gladiatorial thing, and Jamie and Cooper just staring at him and going, "It's a head, tiny arms and." legs. So. <laughs> i remember
0: that one <laughs> because that's the kind of reaction you would have to that
2: <laughs> and then uh i won't so i won't tell you when he comes back but i gotta tell you because in the first episode right they're, they're doing the whole oh let's fight in the gladi- uh, gladiatorial thing and they're winning of course and then bruce gamble's character is like all right time for you to lose and he brings out his own bot which is super powerful and then coop's like all right you asked for it time to bring out the jammer and jamie's like no and here, and Kiva's like, Kiva, not Kira. Kiva's like, what's the jammer? I never installed a jammer. And so then it cuts to like, Coop goes into the bot and he comes out. Its chest opens up with giant speakers, and he <laughs> just has a microphone. And then he just starts singing karaoke and the sound waves just destroy everything as he sings terrible karaoke. It's amazing. Oh, that's great.
0: But no, the second time he does come back, you guys gotta say it is the greatest reference for, evil dead fans ever
1: uh now i'm de- definitely gonna have to check it out yes
0: you've got to see if you are an evil dead fan you owe it to yourself to <laughs> see what he comes back as oh, <laughs> because it is just this perfect send-up to like oh okay i get what you're doing here which is why was this show canceled um
2: you know i'm not sure why it was canceled but i do know that uh right now it exists in this like copyright loophole thing like Car- the people at Cartoon Network who like have the rights have it in such a way where it's this kind of tax write off thing where they can't actually make any more or even sell any like product related to it for legal reasons. And it pisses me off.
0: Yes. So it, I mean, I think, I think this show be more popular now than it was in you know, the early 2000s. I think the only example I've heard of why it was canceled was quote-unquote creative differences, which I can kind of understand because I know my dad didn't like us watching this show because like, I don't know about you kids watching a show where the main character is fat and violent. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, to and it's like, Dad, there was six boys growing up in the house that regularly fought. But looking back, maybe that's why he didn't want us encouraged to do this. <laughs>
2: I will also say that if, if I'm ever in like a, a fictional setting and I get a, uh, a fictional giant robot to use, you take Megas, because Megas is the Superman of fictional giant robots, because it just comes up with new powers every episode. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, I know everyone got excited in Ready Player One when they saw the Iron Giant in the background, but I'm sorry, what would have gotten me over the was Megas. I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I have to see it just to support Megas.
2: Definitely. 'Cause nothing really beats the Megas. Like there are a few times that it quote unquote loses in the show, but it it really doesn't. <laughs> so like, I think there's at one point where he's fighting essentially an army of like base uh bat moth things. And they're all like a hundred times bigger than Megas is. And so then he literally, like Coop just smashes his hands on the controls. And suddenly out of nowhere, Megas just smashes his hands together and pulls out a laser sword. And then does like, destroys the equivalent of a halo from freaking, well, from halo. And, and then they're like, Coop, how'd you do that? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I've gone long enough without pissing somebody off. Uh, Megus to me is what Batman would be like if you were interesting. He oh, has snap. <laughs> yeah, he has all these cool gadgets that he pulls out at inconvenient times. But unlike Batman, he's an interesting character. Sorry, I can't go a podcast without pissing off one of our groups that are trying to yeah. kill me at this moment. <laughs>
1: Gotta get that checklist.
2: Yep. <laughs> also, Megus would do the thing kinda like you said with Johnny Bravo where they do these cutaways. Except the cutaways were always a fantasy. It was one of the characters like imagining something. So it was and the best or at least the most famous one is simply uh Coop <laughs> parks, quote unquote, the Megus in the wrong space, and he comes back and it has a boot. On it.
0: Uh-huh. And I so, hate the
2: DMV. So he has to go with the DMV. And he's in the line, right? And he gets to like the front of the line, they're like, Alright, now you gotta that line. Cuts to Coop and he's like, I hate the DMV. And then cuts into his head and it shows him piloting Megus and just stomping the DMV. And then he takes a few steps back, <laughs> and starts punching the DMV, then he sits back again, and he pulls out like every laser the the machine has and starts shooting the DMV.
0: Yes. <laughs> That ingrained hatred of the DMV in me before I even knew what the DMV was. I'm like, well, if Coop hates the DMV, I probably hate the D too.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it too. it took away Magus.
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah, um, so
2: so I I adore Magus. I I try to rewatch it, you know, every couple of years just to keep my hope alive because I I would love a, a a new version of the show more than anything. I think also it would make a killer movie, and we cast Tyler Labine as Coop because he's perfect <laughs> for it guy's he, he looks the
0: apart i
2: could totally he's getting, see he's him getting play, a bit man.
0: older but you still might be able to pull it off we got a few more years we might be able to use it
2: it, it won't happen but i can just have this fantasy <laughs> so hey they said they
0: oh, i i will dream okay they said there would never be a lord of the rings movie, and then there was a terrible hobbit movie which... as,
2: <laughs> as for jamie you cast the the guy who voiced hiccup and how to train your dragon and he was in uh, this is the end and goon i can't remember <laughs> what his name is but but that guy
0: Yeah, he looks the part, he's got the voice. I can see it. I
2: don't have a response
0: for Kiva, but... No, this is when we've been building, you know, since we were like, oh, what was your favorite show growing up? Well, I like Samurai Jack and Megas XLR. Okay, we can be friends now. Let's start start casting those respective movies.
2: Yeah, so I'll find any excuse I can to to talk Megas, and anyone who's never seen it, just give the first two episodes a watch. At least,
0: you, you owe it at least that. If you like anime, if you like giant robots, if you like things that are good. If you like cartoons, if you like
2: comedy, if you like action, it's it's a bunch of things. It's just really good. You know when they first pitched it, the name of the show was Lowbrow? <laughs>
0: yeah, I can see that. That was not a good name.
2: No, but I think it's kind of funny because it shows where their heads were at when they were writing it. And yeah, a lot of the humor is pretty basic, but they, they touch on so many like parody things that it's just great. It's just good stuff. What one more uh, scene from the show I want to talk about. There's an episode where they fight in old, like uh, it's alien technology that landed on that Roswell, New Mexico, and that the government like Uh changed to be super patriotic so it's like one of those machines from fallout it's always it's talk- liberty
0: prime oh yeah. no!
2: <laughs> so it's always talking about like the commies and stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> works so well now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it it like absorbs energy so it's it's going towards vegas to absorb all the energy from vegas and coops only there because there's a video game convention and there's this <laughs> great scene where the cameras inside the video game convention and you see you know thousands of people on arcade machines and then this robot uh, rips off the roof and sucks all the power out of the arcade machines and then they all die and all the congoers look up and go, oh, and shake their fists and, they, and, then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they all reach into their like jackets and pull out handhelds and just start playing
0: <laughs> Again, this show works now more than ever.
2: That's wonderful
0: uh, Alright, Wundvog, you want to close us out with your last yeah, suggestion? I guess-
1: I guess keeping to a theme of uh, trilogy heroes for the shows I'm talking about, Powerpuff Girls.
2: Damn right. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I never watched. I watched this one a little bit as a kid. I had mixed feelings on. It. That's, go ahead.
1: It's and... understandable, uh, but it's like it's one of those shows. Like I, I, I just really enjoyed it. It's just like, uh, oh man, these uh, these three are super cool. And so like, it, it's basically like if you made Superman or Kryptonians, uh, like three five-year-old sisters
2: because they were kindergarten so they had to be five or uh, five
1: yeah yeah, about five or six but uh like and it's just like you got
2: it you got to talk about the episode where they bring in the the justice society or whatever they're called yeah we yeah, was we're definitely back
1: to dexter yeah i was definitely gonna get back to that and uh the show was actually made by craig mccracken
2: Uh oh, McCracken and
1: uh lauren faust obviously uh, but you know they're both actually really good friends with Tartakovsky. Uh, nice. That they, work, they worked together on a lot of things. Um, and uh, Axel, maybe you can help me with uh, what was the name of the villain in that episode?
2: Oh, what in the in the Justice? Yeah, site?
1: when when the Justice Friends showed up.
2: I don't actually remember. I just because uh, all I remember is the 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 competition, right? Because the whole yes, idea was yes. that they. Oh, you go ahead.
1: Uh, well, the. The Powerpuff Girls learn of, like, I can't remember what they call themselves either. It's been too long since I've seen the episode, and I feel bad. Uh, but they, it's like the uh, the Justice Men. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and they have a commercial, like, you know, if you're a hero, you can join us. Major Glory being all, like, uh, with his vo- like his patriotic voice. And the girls are like, hey, we're heroes, maybe we can join Uh so they go to their like, Hall of Justice-esque thing, uh, and Major Glory is just a patronizing ass to them, because they're just three little girls.
0: Yeah, to be fair, that was his character, though, <laughs> was patronizing ass.
2: Yeah, more or less. But they're all patronizing asses. I remember uh, Val Halen being a dick to them, too, <laughs> so
0: Actually, most of his comments
1: were just being snarky against the others, uh, because again, Major Glory's like, alright, we'll, we'll ch- test you on strength, speed, and wit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they have, uh, it's like, Bubbles uh, goes against, uh, oh, uh, She does speed. Yeah. Yeah, it was speed against. I think a guy, the guy's name was Email. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was oh, wasn't wow, yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, and he and he had the like all the email sounds when he moved and talked. Yeah,
1: it's like he'd do like the old internet noises when he ran.
0: Ah, uh, for those of you too young <laughs> to remember that, be glad those days are gone. <laughs> I do
2: remember uh, that. As she's racing him, she's like, "So is this like a we end together, or is one of us supposed to win?" <laughs>
1: And he's like, "Oh no, one of us both is winning." And she goes, "Okay, bye," <laughs> and just disappears. Uh, and then Buttercup has a test of strength against what well, was probably one of my favorite like heroes in that thing, Big Ben.
0: I remember Big Ben. Like a, the name a, sounds familiar.
1: He's just like this British guy, just like mountain of a man in like oh, a,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, this seems in like
1: the British flag unitard, and he wore a bowler and a monocle.
0: Yeah, that how all British people look?
2: <laughs> but he's like, his muscles are ridiculous proportions, like the kind of stuff that would make Goku blush. Like, it's huge.
1: Yeah, and then it shows him, like, pick up a mountain and a building and, like, and a continent, and then Buttercup picks him up with everything else. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, yeah, Major Glory does, like, a test of wit with Blossom uh, to try and stop a bunch of asteroids from destroying the Earth. And I believe she uses her ice breath to stop it?
2: Yeah, so that she can crush it into pieces and then... Snow like, day ensues.
1: It's probably the foggiest to me. Yeah, basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, going on the patronizing dick thing from Major Glory, he still says they can't join because it's the Justice Men not just as men and a couple of little kids.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think I remember this episode now. And then,
1: you know, they're all upset and dejected and uh, the Powerpuff Girls leave but then this uh, alien comes in to challenge the Justice Men, uh, but none of them can stop him because he's like, I feed on your manliness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds creepy! <laughs> oh,
1: it, it is, and it's like, the euphemism is everywhere, because he, he gets bigger the more like they try to be bravado against him.
0: Okay, that, that's not where I thought that was going, but I'm, I'm glad.
1: <laughs> but like, he gets stronger, and he starts beating them, and then Major Glory effectively sucks it up and calls the Powerpuff Girls, and like, we need your help. We can't stop this guy. Uh, and they, well, they effectively emasculate him by beating him up, but because they're girls, he can't feed on, like, the bravado of the fight. Hmm. So they basically scare him off uh, just by being them.
0: <laughs> I vaguely right. remember that episode. Sounds familiar. Ah. No, Powerpuff Girls, it wasn't one I watched for a couple reasons. One is it didn't really interest me that much. And two, I was still at that age like, eh, girl show, I don't want to watch this. Like I'd watch it it was on, like the episode I most remember, and I think it's because my brothers made the biggest deal about it, was When the Broccoli Men Invade.
1: (laughs) that's a great episode. I remember that one. I would have been screwed because I actually really
2: like broccoli.
0: See, I didn't. That's why my brothers (laughs) didn't want me watching. They're like, Mom, do watching a show where the vegetables are evil? I don't think you should be watching this.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, know, it's funny because I I had a bit of that too with the whole, like, you know, it seemed like a girly show. But then I saw the episode Speed Demon, and um, that completely – my understanding of that show.
1: That episode Here, got dark.
2: Go Here's ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember
0: this one.
1: Uh, well the big thing is this actually focuses on the villain him. Oh, and, he was like, weird. Well again it's like they they made it like not subtle at all that he is the devil, but they always just called him him. I'm guessing for censorship reasons,
0: could be. But he wears a weird dress, so how oh, that got past the censors?
1: Yeah, it's like it's a transvestite Satan with. Oh uh, my God, claws. it's Tim Curry! Oh, wonderful! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even that voice—it's Tim Curry animated.
1: It's
0: really, a, really any reminiscent. Really,
2: any him episode ended up being great, but Speed Demon was top
1: and uh speed demon the girls decide to race each other home but they end up oh. going so fast they will basically break the time continuum and they end up popping back up in townsville i think like 50 years later yep and the world is just destroyed like they go back to their teacher who's just been standing there uh just like muttering to herself like i just waved and they said goodbye <laughs> like they find uh, Miss Bellum, who's
0: that like, one was creepy. Oh, god, she's I remember like now.
1: Cradling the mayor's hat, who is presum- presumably dead uh they try to go back home and see the professors like desperately trying to remake the formula but he can't remember it can't quite get it right uh and they end up like seeing him appear and he's like taunting him you know you know without you here in these last 50 years uh was, like the villains ran rampant And they're like, you know, we'll stop you, we'll defeat you. And he goes, oh, girls, I've already won. And he, like, he turns this, like, giant, like, super menacing version of himself. And, yeah, it's like they can't stop him because the world's already his.
0: Yeah, no, I remember that episode. And I'm, actually, the more we talk about it, the more I actually remember from that show. I just was never a fan of it that much, but it was one of those ones that's like, yeah, you know, it's on, I'll watch it. And he's up next. So
2: yeah, but man, him was, was so fucking dark and, and they, they managed to go back, you know, and reset the time stream, but yeah. like, and there's another episode where him basically possesses bubbles, octopus toy thing. And so oh. evil into her oh, mind.
1: Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, I'd say my favorite episode of Powerpuff Girls, though, is actually, uh, it's another him episode. And the entire episode is him giving challenges and riddles Ah. to the girls. And if they don't, if they can't beat or succeed them, the professor will pay. I remember. And, like, I'm not going to spoil the episode if you haven't seen it or if it's been too long. I I would suggest checking it out because it is wonderful just seeing... Him give like these insane challenges and bizarre riddles to them to try and figure out. I to save the professor.
2: <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite, <laughs> but uh, three that I really want to would like to mention uh, Bubble uh, Vicious because Bubble Vicious was great. That's the one where basically Bubbles loses her mind because she's tired of people calling her a baby, she becomes a psychotic. Um, there's one where, um, oh, the Rowdy Rough Boys. I love the episode with the Rowdy Rough Boys. Like, oh, that. <laughs> that's just a pure action episode, and then ends with like a great twist.
1: I almost forgot about them. Now
0: that's weird. Yeah, I remember well, them for some reason.
2: No, I thought they they were great. Plus, we had again Rob Paulson got to voice uh, Brick, so that's just just good. Uh, you know, extra layer. But I think the best episode, um, <laughs> the best episode is probably the one with the mime because that one is oh, like the evil mime. And
1: <laughs> again, yeah, probably can't forget to can't talk about. Uh, Powerpuff Girls without their main villain
2: Mojo Jojo.
0: <laughs> Mojo a fun name to say. <laughs> he, he was always
2: my least favorite villain, though.
0: Really, he was my favorite. He was cool. He had that cool voice. That funny really name him. to say.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not is actually he, origin, he's cool. It's just that he they had so many more interesting villains. Hell, I thought Fuzzy Lumpkins was way funnier than Mojo Jojo was. Oh, I don't. I felt like yeah, yeah hillbilly stereotype. Enough. Sure, but the fact that he's like a big fuzzy teddy bear alien thing made it all the funnier. <laughs> yeah. I
1: always I always equated Mojo Jojo similar to like Doctor Track to Kim Possible.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah
1: he's he's kind of the main villain but he's also mostly a buffoon
2: that's why the best mojo jojo episode is the one where he tries to do the the dog transformation thing again but like yes because he mistakes. did he did it
1: twice yeah
2: and then fixing his mistakes it's just love he's like he doesn't turn them into dogs so at the end he's like so now i'll put girls what are you gonna do
0: we're gonna beat you up oh Anna, I, I guess to you know wrap up my thoughts on Power 5 Girls. Why didn't they have fingers? Everyone else had fingers. Did I... that ever bug anybody else? The noodle arms? Or is <laughs> Sometimes it just me? it's more funny when
1: they actually address it in the show.
0: They addressed uh, yeah. it? Okay.
1: In a few scenes because there's an episode where the professor builds a machine that accidentally switches like everybody's bodies around in the town. Oh jeez. And Buttercup had his body and he, she goes to pick up the phone, but instead of grabbing it, she just keeps her hand flat and it doesn't come up with it.
0: <laughs> so at least
2: they addressed
1: it. Yeah, she's like, Professor, the phone's not working.
2: I, I think what more... Is,
0: uh, no, know down in the comments below if I'm the only one that was ever weirded out by the fact they didn't have fingers.
2: I, th- I think it's more important uh, how... Woonvog, how would you want to close out a statement on this? Uh, and you, you sh- I think we should have a comment on the
0: remake or the reboot or whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh yeah, that was a thing. I'll let you guys talk about that because I got nothing.
1: Admittedly, I haven't seen a single episode of it, but it's, like, admittedly, most of, like, the snippets that I've seen of it, and from what I've heard, I'm not enthusiastic. Same.
0: All I saw was the animation, and it looked weird. And I wasn't even a fan of the older animation, but this one was like, I'm not even going to give this a try. That is... Like, cool.
2: I like the old animation. It's funny, because my lady, Definitely. who's a big Powerpuff Girls fan, got really upset that you could see, like, Bubbles' um, hair ties. Like, she hates the little design <laughs> changes like that. I don't get it. I think that's fine. I'm more upset that it's Teen Titans Go-ish. Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah the, it's- that, the better
1: it's very much trying to focus more on humor and what's hip now, which trying to, f- trying to focus on what's like popular in the here and now, I feel is one of the easiest ways to date your show.
2: Yes. Yeah. Tell that to American dragon, Jake long.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. what is, why, why did that do it? Uh, <laughs> another time, another episode. We're we're running out of time, so let's move on to our suggestions of the week. Axel, you want to start us off? Well, actually, I don't really have any suggestions for the
2: week, but I do want to um, see before we set in to talk about Cartoon Network cartoons. I was going to talk about a certain cartoon. I decided to put it off because it was worth a whole other discussion, I think. But because uh Wundvog and I are big fans of Steven Universe, which I know that oh, you yes. are, that you, Ulrich, are not. You watched the first like five episodes and you had a grimace on your face. And I understand. I understand. Uh so actually in order to try to explain something, I just want to say um a good example of what is good about Steven Universe, because it has a lot of bad episodes, but the ones that are good can be explained like this early episode of Steven Universe. Steven is mad because his favorite ice cream company has been discontinued. Recent episode of Steven Universe. Steven is on trial for war crimes against a fascistic imperial dictatorship, with uh, including a crime of murdering one of the dictatorship's monarchs, and will be executed at the end of said trial. That is an actual no-bullshit plot. from For crimes
1: the- his mother committed.
2: No, no. It may be his mother, but they are trying him because he yes. is his mother. So they're trying him for murdering a monarch.
0: <laughs> Avatar did that.
2: Sure. But I'm just saying that, like,
0: did it, do that? It, the tone teachers,
2: it takes a while to get into those kind of gears. Like, there's another episode where Steven spends it basically having PTSD guilt hallucinations over beings that he's ostensibly killed. So, like,
0: well, we'll go into it when we do another cartoon discussion. You can talk about it then.
2: I know, yeah, I just oh, wanted to... talk
0: about why it wasn't for me.
2: That's fine. I just <laughs> wanted to put that forward, because, like, again, especially the first 11 episodes I'd saved Steven Universe are a slog, like when I tried to watch it. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to put that forward.
0: Okay. So, Wundvog, since Axel dropped the ball on actual suggestions, what do you got for us?
2: Um, I have a couple.
1: Um, Beyond, of course, watch any of the shows we've talked about today.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to... If, nothing, if you take nothing else away, aside from electing you world leader, uh, <laughs> yeah. watch these shows.
1: Um, just a couple of weeks back on Netflix came out uh, a new anime called Devilman Crybaby. And it is it is an intense and visceral show, but it is such an interesting story. And it's like I can't recommend it for everybody because it is it has a lot of graphic and like psychosexual scenes.
2: Psychosexual.
1: Yeah, like it. it it's insane. Like in the first episode, there's basically a rave slash orgy and a lot of people die.
0: Huh? Sounds like but, a good family picture.
1: <laughs> family picture. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bring kids.
1: (laughs) But the story behind it all is so interesting and the animation is wild. Uh, So it's like if you can get past the intensity and definitely are able to handle the more like mature and intense themes, I would highly recommend it. Uh, And also a book series that I've been reading for a few months now. Uh, It's called the Temeraire series.
2: Temeraire?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: I think I've started this.
1: Yes, it's a, uh, it starts off, the first book is called His Majesty's Dragon.
0: Oh! This was on last week's episode! Yeah! Oh,
1: did you talk about it? Orrick
2: talked about it, yeah.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. It has been a wonderful series, and it's so neat, just seeing the history of like war with the inclusion uh-huh, uh-huh. of aerial fights yeah. with dragons.
2: You don't you don't know this Ulrich, but Lundvog <laughs> here is in love with dragons in any. I'm a dragon nerd. Like like he plays a, a dragonborn in D and D. He uses a dragon deck in Yu Gi Oh. He, he plays an Argonian in Skyrim because it's dragon adjacent. So
0: no, we talked about that last week. That is definitely a good suggestion.
2: Yeah. Oh, I actually. Well, oh. I'll, I'll, well, because we talked about it last week. Uh, anyway, I do have a suggestion. Actually, I just remember. Oh, now
0: you have a suggestion. I'm
2: sorry. I've had a lot to talk about, uh, and it's only a small one. I-, I went and saw Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle this weekend, and it was good. That's it. I just wanted to say that it wasn't amazing. It wasn't like blow your you know head off like best thing ever. But it was really fun, and the rock is hilarious. There.
0: Sounds like you just said we already knew. The Rock is awesome,
2: and also Karen Gillian was present, which is just a bonus. Yeah,
0: that's all, that's all you need. That's this. That's your cell right there. All right. Uh, for me, we talked a little about this last week, but I'm gonna talk about some more. Is War of the Worlds Goliath? It was. I don't really know the story behind where this little animated movie came from, but it is a quote-unquote sequel to the book War of the Worlds by H. G. Wells, where we took the technology we learned from the Martians, and used it to advance our own society. So it's a little bit of steampunky, but the world's military is now giant mechs with heat rays. Uh, Nikola Tesla is the recognized genius that he is. (laughs) And... It's right on the outbreak of World War One, So you get to imagine World War I with giant mechs and jet planes. And then Mars reinvades. And mankind's caught on the fat back foot with these giant... Again, if you're a 40K fan, they are titans. If you're not a 40K fan, they're uh-huh. giant robots with guns. And again, to quote my favorite scene from this movie is Washington, D.C. is under attack by the Martian mothership. And Teddy Roosevelt is riding out wielding a laser Gatling gun while riding one of these giant robots yelling bully as he blows them out of the air.
2: Because of course he would.
1: So either way it's a good time.
0: Yes. By, by the way, uh Wunvog, I was gonna say
2: like, you know, me and Ulrich here, we can be pretty domineering in conversations, so thank you for putting up with us. And I feel like I might have depped on your suggestion part a bit, so I'm sorry if I cut you off.
1: Oh no, it's uh I feel Awkward, uh, bringing up a suggestion twice, but it is a good series. And
0: yes, yeah,
1: I do. I do tend to be a bit of a quiet boy when it comes to. uh, Well, you're on the
0: wrong podcast. (laughs) Yeah, more than
1: two people conversations, but when when it's something I enjoy, I can I can definitely be, I'll definitely be verbal about it. And it was. It was great talking about some cartoons from the past. Well, I'd like to thank you for
0: coming on this week.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This was a this was a fun little uh, get together.
2: Before before we make our outro, can I <clears throat> can I share a a small story? Sure. Oh, while okay. well, well, while I have while well, I have Wundvog on, so Wunvag and I were uh, college roommates for like <laughs> for like five of or, or uh, for like four or five years or something like that. And our first year of college, we were in this tiny, like, closet of a room with this uh, bunk bed, and all we knew about each other, we knew from our these like online school profiles that were crummy. But so, Wunval comes from a, a really tiny town, uh, graduating class of twelve, right? Yes. Hey, that's
0: my graduating class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, or as I come from a graduating class of about four hundred, and um. So I, I I'm a geek in the video games the anime stuff and I see on his profile football and country music. So on the <laughs> terrified. Uh so the first night, you know, where I'm just chilling in the room and uh I, I turn to him and say, Hey, you wanna see something cool? And he was like, Sure. And so I pull out I have a um a wooden keyblade, the the way to dawn keyblade from Kingdom Hearts two. And that was the the icebreaker. And then we spent the rest of the night talking geek stuff, mostly Kingdom Hearts and whatnot, but uh that's how we became friends, and I think that's a fun little story. So <laughs> It's a great conversation.
0: I, I don't have words for that, except NERD! Indeed!
2: Uh, Correction, geek with a shield.
0: Bet too. Alright, Uh, Unvog, before you go, is there anything you'd like to plug or promote? I already did, but go on. <laughs> this is personal stuff. If there's a YouTube channel you think needs more, or a blog, or your own personal stuff, this um, is your forum.
1: I'd say check out Midnight Marinara. They do some good spooky uh, stories like done in a style of radio dramas and that's been super fun and they also have a, an almost a riff style where they read some like some good and some not so good creepy pastas and scary stories they find online and it's been one of the best like time sinks that I've found in the last few months.
0: All right, we'll have to give that a try. Alright, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and feel free to leave a comment down below if there's something you'd like to hear in a future podcast. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich and his S.H.I.E.L.D. brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time, and stay honorable.